Hi, welcome to Canna Confidential. I'm your host, Jewel Peter, and on this podcast, we discuss the state of the cannabis industry, as well as any insights we feel might be valuable to our listeners. So without further ado, we'll get to the content. Thanks for joining us. Hello, everyone. This is Jewel, and I'm here again with Cheryl. And as in our typical fashion, we are going to discuss the Canadian market first, then we're going to discuss the US market, and then we're going to touch on some global subjects. And uh, today we're also going to bring some of our thoughts regarding uh, where we see cannabis fitting into the current social climate that we live in. So let's start with Canada. Our first article today is from BNN Bloomberg, and it's discussing Alberta making the call to pull vaping products. And if you've listened to our podcast before, then you know how we feel about vaping products and that they are, there's just not enough conclusive evidence to demonstrate that they are safe for the public. And so for that reason, we feel that vapes are not something that anyone in the cannabis industry should really be getting involved with getting involved with at this point. Uh, In the future, that could definitely change, but because of the risk that is currently posed, we feel that it's not a safe play in today's current market. So according to BNN Bloomberg, Alberta is suspending sales of cannabis vaping devices amid lingering concerns about their health effects, a move that would leave nearly half of the country's consumer market unable to purchase the new legal pot product. Heather Holman, a spokesperson for the Alberta Gaming, Liquor and Cannabis, the provincial agency responsible for regulating cannabis, said officials are still considering whether to allow the sale of cannabis vape products in the province, but didn't specify when it would begin to offer the product to consumers. As you have likely seen, there have been recent reports about the health effects of vaping, Holman told BNN Bloomberg in an email. Some things being considered include public health impacts and reducing the illicit market. As a result, vape products will not be available in the initial launch of edibles, extracts, and topicals, or Cannabis 2.0 in Alberta. And as I said, we have already made our statement about where we stand on vaping because of the risk that it poses to the user, and it's just not worth it. Ultimately, the concerns for lung-related issues that will be lifelong for those users affected is something that we really just can't afford to risk at this point, and that's why it, it's really not safe and why we think that Alberta is making the same stance. And as they said, they're still considering it, but just given the current evidence, it's really not something that they feel comfortable uh, allowing the pub- public to have unlimited access to. And really, as leaders in the microcultivation community, as well as in the cannabis community, anyone who's in this industry, it's our place to make sure that the products our industry provides are doing what they're intended for, which is helping consumers with medical issues, quality of life, wellness, and not harming them. And that's really what we're waiting for in terms of the vaping situation. We need to see conclusive evidence that it can really help people, uh, not just harm them. I think the whole industry um, has been sort of a wild crapshoot and people are jumping on board to um, get ahead of the rush. And uh, And I think that's why the vape products have become so um, prevalent. And it's just... Um, it's dangerous because there's not enough information out there to conclusively decide 
if this is a product you should be using. So uh, while the jury's out on how this affects your health in the long term, we've chosen to just not go into the vape industry at all. And so that will take us into our next article from Benzinga, and that's the seasonal trends of cannabis that will be coming soon. So we just finished up the holiday season, and Cannabis 2.0 is now legal in Canada, but was not necessarily available for the holiday season. So where they did roll the program out a little bit early... And that's where uh, this article takes us. So Kaliva launched a fresh batch of limited edition hand-picked holiday strains named Blitzen OG and Lemon Gumdrop. Kaliva celebrates the cheery season with Blitzen OG, an indica cross between Tahoe OG and Alien Kush, which sits around 27.6% THC, and Lemon Gumdrop, a sativa cross between Sour Diesel and Lemon Kush, and that sits around 16.7% THC. Blitzen OG's spicy pine scent is the perfect gift, according to Kaliva, for any family or friends that have loved nothing more than getting cozy by a crackling fire while lemon gumdrops, piney, floral, and citrusy terpenes make it a universal gift designed to lift any fallen holiday spirits. <laughs> Kaliva harvests nearly a thousand pounds of indoor-grown pesticides-free flour every month, according to Joe Sequenzia, Chief Marketing Officer of Kaliva. We wanted to make this holiday season extra special and celebrate our 2019 cultivation success by debuting two limited strains of flour. Each was handpicked for their superior aroma, color, look, and trichomes, highlighting the best Kaliva has to offer. So we're seeing a few things at play in this particular article. So we're going to touch on them one by one. The first being that we are seeing seasonal displays and offerings of cannabis products, which really moves us into a new category. It's kind of like walking down the hall at the grocery store where they've got that seasonal aisle. (laughs) Absolutely. Or the same way that, you know, there's candy cane Oreos or shortbread flavored for the season or eggnog comes out seasonally. It's it's a similar sort of play on the market. And interestingly... A lot of people will buy, you know, nobody is looking for eggnog in July, but the brands that manufacture eggnog, so the same people who are producing all of the typical milk dairy products, get an extra boost of income because of this secondary market that comes into play in November and December. And that's exactly the same marketing strategy we're seeing here. And that's the second point that we want to touch on. This is a marketing play and it's absolutely legal to market Uh, strain seasonally. And that's something that Health Canada has not said is not allowed. And it's a very simple way to get people to purchase something they may not otherwise, even as a gift, because it's marketed towards a holiday aspect. It's a very fine line, though, because you're not allowed to advertise cannabis products. However, you are allowed to talk about these strains that you've come up for the seasonal season. So it's a it, it is marketing, but it's dancing on the legal side of because um, you're talking about the what you're growing in your business. You're not saying, oh, you should buy our, our lemon gumdrop for this or that or whatever. They're just talking about, oh, we've invented this new strain for Christmas. And I want to bring everyone's attention <laughs> to this very specific wording. So we're going to revisit a line from the article, and that's uh, where they were discussing the terpenes. So the last line of the of this particular part of the article says, while gum, lemon gumdrops, piney, floral, and citrusy terpenes make it a universal gift 
designed to lift any fallen holiday spirits. That line right there is very specifically worded and crafted because you cannot make any guarantees. But yet in this line, they have indicated that sativa is uplifting, which we do know already that it is uplifting. And and they have then indicated in the same article that it's indoor grown pesticide free. So that's another dropping of nuggets that are technically legal, but it's all very carefully crafted to fit within the confinements of what Health Canada has said is allowed. So he's marketing by saying Kaliva Harvest, in a quote, direct quote, Kaliva Harvest nearly a thousand pounds of indoor grown pesticide free flower every month. And then quickly coats it with, we wanted to make this holiday season extra special and celebrate our 2019 cultivation success by debuting. And it goes on, but he's advertising for Kaliva, but disguising it with a holiday season twist to it. Genius. And so that's really something that you want to consider as you're either shopping for cannabis or as you are producing your own marketing campaigns that You can get your message across as long as it's worded in a very specific way that conveys the message that you want to convey without making any claims or guarantees. And now we're going to move on to our conversation about the U.S. for today. So this next article also comes from Benzinga, and it's the amount that Illinois made on the first day of their legalized recreational cannabis. So Illinois cannabis buyers spent more than $3 million on January 1st, the first day of legal recreational use in the state, according to officials. Among the buyers was the state's lieutenant governor who purchased edible cannabis at a store in Chicago. Illinois on Wednesday became the 11th state with legal non-medical adult use of marijuana. State officials also touted a broader change in the state's approach to marijuana, saying legalization will end an element of drug enforcement that in the past was unfair to many, particularly minorities. According to Toy Hutchinson, he is quoted as saying, as we start a new decade, Illinois has achieved a monumental milestone, launching the legalization of cannabis in a way that includes communities left behind for far too long, creates good jobs and expunges thousands of records for those who have been lost out on opportunities and it ends prohibition. Toy is Governor J.B. Pritzker's advisor for cannabis control, and that was according to a news conference that he held. Legalization, Hutchinson said, is expanding opportunities and righting the wrongs of the past. And it's exciting to see any new market come online, especially with the progress that has been made in Colorado, in California, and obviously in Canada. And every new market to legalize is going to have an easier time than the earlier markets, which is why it is crucial for states to keep pushing forward with cannabis legalization. Every state wins with each state that legalizes because the path gets easier and easier and more clear as every state legalizes. It's, um, it's interesting to watch all these states unfold because as they do, it's um, pushing towards the federal government to, for the U.S. to take the stand that Canada has. Right. And even if they do not have a federal program in place, each state is taking it upon itself to hear what its constituents want and make moves towards that. And right. even if it is done on a state-by-state case... It's still going to it's be It's still easier. happening, yeah. And it's still generating income and it's still creating jobs for people that desperately need jobs. And taking that, uh, the minority issue out of it. And 
I know some states are introducing legislation as they roll out their cannabis uh, positions where minorities are actually being given a head start where they're given more favorable opportunities to get into the legal and an easier process of going through the legalization absolutely so now we're going to move on to a very interesting article where uh, a writer for Benzinga, Jeff Siegel, is interviewing a CrossFit star, Matt Frazier, about his CBD brand that he has rolled out. So from Jeff, we hear that you can imagine meeting, and he Jeff is a CrossFit enthusiast as well as a CrossFit uh, member himself. So from him we get a quote that says, So as you can imagine, meeting one of the most celebrated athletes of a sport that has had such a huge influence on my life was pretty exciting for me. Particularly because in this instance, my discussion with Frazier revolved mostly around CBD, a very popular chemical compound found in cannabis, and one that I've been writing about for years. You see, last year, Matt Frazier joined forces, with two other professional athletes to create their own CBD supplement that was essentially inspired by Fraser's own supplement demands. What they came up with were two special blends of CBD superfoods, aptinogens, and compounds that can provide both mental clarity and restful sleep. One is called Dream, and the other is called Clarity. And what this brings up is something that is going to be needed that is going to be needed to address. And what this brings up is a topic that needs to be addressed and probably will need to be addressed uh, in the conversation going forward in, in Canada, in the U.S., in any market, really. And that's the difference and the conversation about CBD versus THC strains. So CBD is a cannabinoid present in the cannabis plant. CBD heavy strains like Charlotte's Web are responsible for helping people with conditions like seizures. But what most people don't realize is that CBD can come from hemp exclusively, while quantifiable amounts of THC are only found in cannabis plants. And why this matters is because there's some confusion around CBD. And you may have experienced this if you live in the U.S. and you've seen retailers selling CBD-based products or even at Whole Foods, there are some CBD-based products. And you're wondering, how is that legal if it's related to cannabis? Well, that's because CBD can be derived from hemp exclusively. And hemp is allowed to be cultivated in the U.S. And from the research that we have read... For cannabis to be truly effective, it needs to come from a whole plant uh, ideology or a full spectrum. And what that means is that for the CBD element of cannabis to work most effectively in humans, a small amount of THC needs to be present. Not so much tetrahydrocannabinol, which is the, the long name of THC, that it would induce any psychoactive components in the user, but enough that the CBD can still interact in a complementary way with the THC because they do exist in the whole plant and they need each other to play off of to get certain kinds of results by using cannabis. 
We do still need a lot of research to more fully understand how all of the cannabinoids, of which there are many in the plant, interact with each other and how it interacts with the endocannabinoid system of humans. But what we do know is that a whole plant method is better than a strictly CBD strain from a hemp plant, a strain with a very, very low THC that is nearly negligible but that is still a cannabis plant is a great option for achieving these results. And there are cannabis strains that are very similar to hemp because they do have such a low THC content, but yet they still have enough that it gives that whole plant or full spectrum effect. And I think we're going to see CBD move into the superfood category. And that's just my opinion based off of the marketing and the research that's been done that CBD is going to start being marketed the same way that aptogens have been marketed or that uh, acai was marketed a few years ago. It's going to move into that realm of wellness while THC and cannabis or THC and CBD cannabis plants will likely be considered more of a natural medicine, a step above a superfood. So something that you would take for not just wellness, but also for a specific use like sleep, like um, anxiety relief, like pain relief. And the point of note here is to provide clarity to anyone who's wondering about the marketing of CBD versus the effectiveness. And that needs to be clarified as well, because a lot of people think that by taking CBD, they're going to experience some kind of result. And you really need that full spectrum to see any sort of result at all. And also CBD is not as regulated as it should be in the U.S. currently. So when you are purchasing CBD, if that's what you choose to do, make sure that you're getting a quality product that doesn't have any fillers or additives in it. I, I agree with everything you've said there. I The whole CBD thing has uh, fascinated me from the beginning because there's no, um, there's no, uh, strain attached to it. There's no, where is this product sourced from? What are the growing practices that the farm used to, uh, to create the, the CBD slash hemp? Was it grown in the States? Was it grown in a country where they don't regulate what's going on? So the whole thing is quite fascinating to me right now. It's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. And it just points us back to the fact that we need more research being done on yeah. both CBD hemp and CBD THC cannabis. So now we're going to move into the global part of our conversation today, which touches again on Israel. So Israel has prepped to export their product and uh, they announced on Thursday that it has entered into a memorandum of understanding for a preliminary distribution agreement with an unnamed company for legal European cannabis markets. Well before we began our agricultural efforts in Israel, we recognized the need for strategic distribution agreements. Malta has long been on our radar due to its favorable business environment, excellent logistics, and proximity to major European markets. And that's according to Israel CEO Daryl Jones in a statement. He also continued on to say, while we continue to build momentum in Israel, we concurrently undertook to identify a potential partner with a similar big picture vision and goals. We believe that this agreement can expedite our entry into these markets as purveyors of what we aim to brand as the gold standard of Israel's cannabis export sector. 
So last week we touched on the fact that Israel has now been able to export and import and what we're seeing here is an expansion of that. So even though the legislation is held up, uh, the industry is taking steps to move forward because they know that it is coming imminently. And what what this means for us is we are going to see more expansion in Europe. Legalization is ramping up globally. That means that nations are legalizing, conversations are happening in legislative halls, uh, constituents are becoming more active about what they want to see happen with cannabis, and it's only going to accelerate from here. Daily, we're seeing other countries and legal markets uh, determining how to execute a similar plan for legalization based off of what they've seen in Canada, Colorado, uh, California, and in medical markets as well. And they're seeing the many benefits of legalization regarding revenue and a direct attack on black market activities because as they legalize things, more and more consumers will come on board, which will provide more tax revenue, but they'll also be turning away from the black market to a more legitimate source. It also frees up the, um, the enforcement agencies to go after the black market. Right. And, and they'll have more support to do so as well, because as that tax revenue increases, increases from a new industry, that leaves more money in the coffers for them to redesignate towards resources that eliminate the black market. Right. And so that's really our conversation about the global industry today is to just bring to light that there are these sort of instances all over the world where we are seeing more and more conversation about this new industry because at the end of the day, governments want to increase their tax revenue. And the easiest way to do that is to legalize cannabis at this point because it is happening everywhere else in the world. And it's not going to make sense for certain countries to be on board, certain countries not to be on board, if they can come up with a plan that similar to alcohol, where globally everybody has an understanding of what's going on. And it's just going to be that much easier for these nations to start creating a new revenue source. And the final thing we want to touch on today is to just provide some insight into our perspective of where we see cannabis fitting into the societal constructs that we currently have. So before cannabis was considered uh, taboo, contraband, uh, very stigmatized as being a drug. And now we're seeing an evolution of people understanding that the same way that grapes make wine and people enjoy that, uh, cannabis creates medicine for a lot of people in a way that works much more effectively and complementary with their bodily systems than most uh, prescriptions do because prescriptions typically have crossover effects, side effects, things like that. And cannabis really doesn't have as many because it is such a natural alternative. It's really part of a wellness profile in a lot of cases. Some people take it for more serious medical reasons, like we mentioned earlier, seizures, fibromyalgia, cystic fibrosis, uh, and, and a lot of stomach conditions as well, uh, digestive issues, but a lot of people can benefit from can cannabis in the sense that it helps with anxiety. It can allow people to get more sleep, which studies have shown getting a minimum of eight hours really helps optimize your brain and body functions throughout the day. So cannabis can be incorporated into anyone's lifestyle really in a multitude of ways, but it really is taking a wellness stance versus 
a recreational or a party stance. And that's, I think, the concern that a lot of people have had, that it's going to be seen as a quote-unquote party aid. But realistically, it does a lot more for the overall health and wellness of someone than it really could do to aid in a, a party mindset. I agree with everything you said there. I, I believe that people are becoming more and more and more aware of the health benefits, whether it's uh, you know enhancing just your overall well-being, or if you're you know going to a yoga class. There's there's a lot of uh, yoga classes out there, like goat yoga. There's also canna yoga classes that uh, use cannabis to enhance the the activity, and I think we're going to see more and more of that. And listen, we all move at a very fast pace. And a lot of people find that that pace is taking a toll on their overall wellness. You know, working 12-hour days for a lot of people is exhausting, depending on the kind of work that you do. And at the end of the day, if you're not getting the kind of sleep you need, if your body isn't replenishing the resources that it uses up throughout the day, it's depleting your quality of life. And our society has geared itself towards, you know, the harder you can hustle, the better, the better off you are, the better example you're setting. But we're really seeing a change in today's society where people are starting to prioritize their health and well-being again. And cannabis is going to play a part in that for a lot of people simply for the fact that it can allow them to slow down and take care of themselves and prioritize sleep and allow wellness to become a priority as it should be and as it should have been all along. So that's our conversation for today. And if you have any questions, then please feel free to reach out to us. We will be back next week with another episode and we look forward to chatting with you then. Have you met Mary Jane? Thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions about today's topics or the cannabis industry in general, feel free to send an email to jewel at cwcultivations.com. That's C-W-C-U-L-T-I-V-A-T-I-O-N-S.com.